Hello, and welcome to the Revelation Podcast. My name is John, and I would like to thank you for clicking play wherever you clicked it at. Now, we are continuing with a series within a series. We began on Monday with part one. Yesterday, we did part two. And today, we are doing part three of Worshiping After Victory. And we will look at Exodus chapter 15, verses 7 through 8. And this is what I like to call God is awesome. We worship God because He is awesome. We see that people worship God in the beginning because He was awesome. We see people worship God in the Old Testament and the New Testament because He is awesome. And we will see that we will worship God because He is awesome. We even worship God today because He is awesome. And to begin seeing of how awesome God is, I want us to go to Revelations chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. And with this, I will be reading the ESV. After I read this, I will break this down so that we can see that people worshiped God because He is awesome. And eventually, I will make our make my way to Exodus chapter 15, verses 7 through 8. Now, before I go on with Revelations chapter 21, verses 1 through 8, I want to share this with you. You know, there could be some people that are in a struggle right now. Well, I hope this word encourages you because your struggle will end. God has not taken away your victory. You still have victory. Our victory is eternal, which is why we will worship Him because God is awesome. Now, there are those who just came out of a struggle. And I can imagine that they are worshiping God after victory because God is awesome. Well, I want to say hallelujah and praise God that you are out of a struggle. Now, do not pour down on your rain. I think we should know that after a struggle, there will eventually be another struggle. That is life. We will go into a struggle. We are in a struggle. We came out of a struggle. And yet through that storm, our eyes should be fixed on Jesus. He is our hope. Because he is awesome. Now let's look at how awesome he is with the word. In Revelation chapter 21 verses 1 through 8. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven 
and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more. For the former things have passed away. And he was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have his heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. John sees what the future is in store for God's children. In the new earth, he sees a new Jerusalem. That is compared to a bride, and Christ is the husband. Within the new Jerusalem, God will be with us. Now you have heard how I said God is awesome over and over again. We'll look at how the new Jerusalem is described. He will wipe away every tear. When was the last time you cried? It might have been recently. Remember, the next time that you cry, that in the new Jerusalem, there'll be no more tear. Glory, hallelujah. That should excite us. Also in the New Jerusalem, there will be no more pain. How many of you guys are experiencing pain right now? This could be emotional pain. This could be mental pain. And this could be physical pain. When you got up this morning, where were you hurting? Now think about not feeling any more pain. And the New Jerusalem does not stop there. John testifies there will be no more sorrow and no more crying. The citizens of the New Earth will be the ones that have their names written in the Book of Life for being conquerors. We will be in the presence of God. Those that will not be with God and us in the new earth are the cowardly, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, 
these people will all be in a lake of fire. Now some has the attitude that God is not fair. That attitude carries throughout life. They say that the schools are not fair. The government's not fair. The police is not fair. And whoever is successful is not fair. They have that loser mentality that comes from Satan. Well, God is a just God. And he is a patient God. I mean, those who continue to rebel at God should see that they're still alive because of his grace. That's evidence that he has given them time to repent from their sins. They know that within, that whatever they are doing is wrong. Their conscience is telling them that you should not be in, in here. You should not throw that. You should not hurt that person. You should not murder that person. And the conscience is evident that God has revealed himself to them and to us. Now it's with their soul that they decide that if they're going to reject him or obey him. Now God has given them time just like he has given his children time. You know, the other day, I was reading in Genesis chapter 6. And God told Noah that he was going to flood the earth when he was 500 years old. Yes, he told Noah that he was going to flood the earth when Noah was 500 years old. Old, and the flood came when Noah when when Noah was six hundred years old. So that means God gave the people in Noah's time a hundred years to repent, but they still did not repent. And remember earlier on, I said that God is the same God. He's given us time. So people cannot say that God is not fair because he is more than fair. I mean, the Bible says that God is the same. If he was not, then the sons of Jacob would be consumed. That means you and I would have been consumed a long time ago. Thank God for his patience. Amen? Now let's continue to look into the future so that we can see how awesome God is. When John saw a new heaven and a new earth, he saw the four living creatures given glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne. And John sees that when he saw heaven's throne room. He saw the four living creatures and 24 elders praising God. The four living creatures were singing, Holy, Holy, the Lord Almighty. And then after the four living creatures ended their song, the 24 elders joined in. 
They laid their crowns before him and they said, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. <coughs> Excuse me. And in Revelation chapter 22, verses 3 through 5, we are going back to the new Jerusalem. No longer will there be anything accursed. And we see that burn in the lake of fire. Hallelujah. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Throughout the Bible, God is worshipped. We see that with Abel's sacrifice. Abel was the second son of Adam and Eve, so he was the fourth person in this world. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions, and the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. After Seth gave birth to Enosh, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Seth was the third son that Adam and Eve had after Cain murdered their second child, Abel. So when Seth had Enosh, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Even after the flood, people worshiped God. Genesis chapter 8, verses 20 through 21. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasant aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. When Abraham's faith was being tested with Isaac, we see that he had a heart of worship. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with a donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Later on, Abraham's grandson Jacob was heading towards his uncles and this is his experience and in that we see him worshiping God in Genesis chapter 28 verses 16 through 18 then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it and he was afraid and said how awesome is this place this is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven so early in the morning Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. The examples that I just gave came from Genesis so that we could see that in the beginning, God's people worshipped him because he is awesome.
Now, when we go into Exodus, we see why God delivered Israel out of Egypt. We see that in verse 12. He said, God, but I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. You is Moses. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Well, we are getting there. We are in the early stages of Israel's journey to the promised land. And pretty soon they will go to Mount Sinai and they will worship the Lord. And King David, the man after God's heart, worshiped God. In 2 Samuel chapter 6 verses 16 through 17. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place, inside a tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. So we see that David is in power. He is a second king of Israel, and he wants to honor God by establishing his authority with the ark in his city of David. We see throughout the Old Testament that God is worshipped. God is worshipped from Abel from to David and even onward. And we see that he's continuing to be worshipped even in the New Testament. He's even worshipped from Gentiles. The wise men from the Far East came to see baby Jesus. And look at what's written about them. Matthew chapter 2 verse 11. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts. Gold, frankincense, and Myrrh. Later on, we see Jesus' disciples worship him. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Then we see crowds worship him on Palm Sunday. Most of the crowds spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. God is worshipped because he is awesome. We worship him for who he is. He created all things. He gave life to all. John chapter 1 verses 3 through 4. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men. We worship God because he is awesome. He delivers us from our trouble. And we see that in Exodus chapter 15, verses 7 through 9. In the greatness of your majesty you overthrow your adversaries you send out your fury it consumes them like stubble 
At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up, the floods stood up in a heap, the deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil, my desire shall have its fill of them, I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. We see that God did not allow that to happen. He delivered his children out of their trouble. And he delivers us out of our trouble. We worship God because he is awesome. He created all things. He gave us life. And he delivered us from our trouble. Amen. Well, we have two more parts of this series within a series. And tomorrow... We will go to part 4, and we will look at Exodus chapter 15, verses 9 through 10. And this is what I like to call, the enemy has no authority. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed what you've heard. I hope that you're able to read along with the word. And I look forward to continue ending this week with you. This is John, and thank you for listening to the Revelation Podcast.